every vinyl record has two sides. And this is the Sounds on Vinyl B-Side Show. And from the Grand Anarchy Studio in Sweden and the Speakeasy Studio in the U.S., here are your hosts, Mike and Phil. Hey, hey, welcome to the Sounds on Vinyl Show. My name is Phil Boyer. And from the land of the Vikings, where everybody drinks out of the horns, it is my brother from another mother, Mike. How's it going over there? It's going really good, actually. But I mean, drinking out of the horns. We're Vikings. We're not horn. Or, or are we, guys? Welcome to the show, Elia Thief Bandit. How are you guys hey, hey. doing? Thank you. Hey, thank you. Yeah. So are, are we drinking out of the horns? Actually, when I heard heard the intro, I just yeah. realized because me and William is sitting in our studio. Yeah. And I realized that we do actually have a horn flute somewhere <laughs> lying here. And it was like within reach from where I'm sitting. I have the horn. <laughs> Although it's not meant for drinking from. Hey, it might, it might and I work. don't know how to play it. <laughs> you see. So um, I guess it's right. It's awesome. See? See, all this time you thought I was just making this stuff up, oh, but hey, man. it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the stuff we have lying around. Yeah. It's normal Swedish stuff. <laughs> Viking scoop of the week, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Lie Thief Bandit, Mike, William, and Nicholas, welcome to the show. Uh, you just released your new album, Deadlights. Yeah, we did. Yes. Yep. Are you are you are you proud of it? Very. <laughs> really. Very very proud of it. I would say. Isn't that that's a question your mom asks, isn't it? Are you proud of making music, Michael? Dang um, it. Yeah, but I mean no, they never ask it. They always tell us that they're proud of us, I guess. Yeah. Parents do that, but with this album it's the first time that I personally have felt that I am actually proud. Yeah, because I read somewhere that, 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 you, yeah. you, that you said in an interview mm -hmm. that you're really, really proud of this album. So aren't you proud of the other ones? Of course. I am, I'm uh, busting your shops right here. <laughs> no, but it's, uh, it's something different this time. I think also I'm proud of uh, all of us in the band because we've come a long way together and we're a very solid crew Yeah, and been for the last couple of years. And to produce this album together and then uh, getting so much positive feedback. I mean, yeah. I guess it makes you proud when you've done it yourself. Yeah, of course. Just just as an as an intro for for myself and and before we get into the songs, I want to introduce the album for the listeners in my point of view. Then Phil can say whatever the hell he wants cuz I'm no I'm right. <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, I think it's a more mature sound overall. Uh, it you, you got the punk attitude, and I I'm, talked to you about this before. You got social distortion, the helicopters, Danga Jones, uh, but a bit of splash of both Lizzie, MC5, and Kiss in there. Uh, is that the way you always thought that you were going in that direction? Because I know. I mean, you, Mike, you listen to a lot of these bands. Is that yeah. something that you always take with you? Um, I think that um, we have slightly different influences, all of us. Yeah. So my vision from the beginning was probably a lot of like 
I knew how to write helicopters-ish songs. Yeah. And I listened to a lot of like pure 70s rock from the beginning, but I had no idea how to how to get that kind of vibe into the song in that way. Um, yeah. But as the time went by, I think that, and uh, distinctly on this third album, I think that we managed to to find that groove and not only because it's something that I listen to and that I like, but it's also because the other two guys are shipping in, in a way uh, with their influences, yeah. both, both uh, uh, retro and modern influences. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I think that's, that's what makes the difference. Yeah. Cause I, I can hear that, that um, the band has really like, it's a tightness and, and, uh, it's it feels stronger the the sound and I'm I'm wondering is since you like before COVID you you, you toured a lot together mm -hmm. is that something that um, has made you grow as a band do you think think working with this album that's something that you took advantage of in in the recording process and and with all of the touring that that you guys did together. I definitely think so, but I would yeah. love to hear what the other two guys ha, think about ha. this. You see, he puts you on the spot. Yeah. The band leader right there. Yeah. I think actually me, Nicholas, can answer it quite good because the last album, I, w I wasn't involved in the first album. And I think when I joined the band, we haven't even like played a hundred minutes together before we started the recording. Okay. I I pretty much had tried to play the songs two times or something, and then we just have to come up with it in the studio. Yeah. So we made first record the drums, and then I just had to listen to a temporary guitar, and me and the producer Augusta Brun tried to figure out, oh, what should we play here? And then we just puzzled it together. Yeah. And after that, we've done, the three of us has done more than 100 shows together. Yeah. And I hope, and I really believe that that's what makes the biggest difference in the music, that the yeah. three of us is one piece yeah. now, together Absolutely. as a band. Playing yeah. together. Yeah. 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 I mean, we were, we were basically a duo when Nicholas came in because we had a very strange transition where we had started writing songs for the second album. And we also had a lot of shows booked at the same time as we uh, uh, in in the same fall that we were going to re record the album. Yeah. So Nicholas had I mean he didn't learn all of them at once of course because it was so little time but he was still don't like... know them. <laughs> Some of them. Some of them I actually that's, don't. <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Um <laughs> but it, I think it was almost 20 songs that you had to deal with that fall. Yeah. Because there was like or at least uh, at least 17 18 because we had 11 songs for the album and we had uh, only 3 of those we played live i think yeah and the rest was from the first album so Nikos had so much to do and um something important to point out is that um the songs were already written by me and and William the problem was that there were no bass parts there were okay. so what they were making up in the studio were like what are we going to do what is going to how is the bass gonna? Uh, what which direction is it gonna take? And yeah. they had to come up with that on the spot together. Yeah. And this time we had played, like Nicholas said, like hundred shows together uh, all over Europe, and 
uh, we we have written all of the songs together. We had decided how it was gonna be together, and I think we matured as a band and as musicians with all the experience. And I think that also made us mature as uh, as songwriters. I think yeah. it's as easy as that. Yeah. Yeah, but because I I I can feel it when I listen to to the album that that this is what happens when you, when you do like a hundred shows together and and you take that with you into the studio and, and you can really hear it when when you listen to the album so i think it's it's fantastic and um speaking of fantastic i think we're going to jump right into the first song that we're going to play here for you people listening and out there and this is one of actually one of my favorite songs on the album uh it's the one that caught my attention early on and it's a song called good enough here we go
right. That was Good Enough by Liar Thief Branded off their brand new record, Deadlights. Now, this thing's a little bit punky, but at the same time, not. Uh, I hear a little old school Maiden in there. Is there a little Maiden influence in this record? On that particular song, I would say uh, not, uh, not intentionally. Okay. I don't know, guys. Do you hear? Do you no, hear not, not on that one. Good enough? It, it's very I... subtle. It, it's subtle. But oh, it's, yeah. I, I, I hear it. I don't know. Okay. I can hear it in a, <laughs> another song. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but, uh, <laughs> I think I can name two songs with the yeah, Iron Maiden. Songs. So Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not the guy well, to well, ask. There, yeah, exactly. But there's also, like uh, I think, two very obvious uh, Iron Maiden references on the album. And it's not in this song. So it's pretty fun. I mean, for us so or me. So I'm very happy to hear that you hear stuff that we don't. <laughs> is it a yeah. particular thing in the song or just a vibe um like i said it's subtle it's just sort of a vibe and, and i hear that in some of the other songs and as we play those we'll we'll talk about that but yeah i just hear the a very subtle subtleness of some main now the, the chorus is uh being good is good enough what's the story behind that um the story behind that is like um uh, whatever happens uh whatever downfall you're experiencing uh you're always worth something and uh you're always there's always something there to pick you up you know it's kind of mm -hmm. like a uh reminding people that they are good enough you know when you have i mean it's kind of like written uh from a perspective uh where you have a very um low self-esteem yourself or maybe um you direct it to someone else that has uh a low self-esteem or feel a bit depressed uh, as like an uplifting song kind of because yeah. okay. I, I i remember listening to the lyrics a lot and i think there is something going on there i i, I mean for me this i listen to it it's for me it's not made in at all it's i think it's a mix between lissy kiss and and more of that 70s feel but i can some I, I listened to this song like a couple of times today just to see where where the maiden part is what Phil is talking about and and I know that the favorite era of of maiden for Phil is like the first two albums mm -hmm. with Pollyano, which oh. is more more like punk. So right. I, I I get it at 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 a certain level, but it's it's I mean. I I still today remember hearing this song and I thought to myself, damn, here is something going on here. Man, oh man, is this a good song? And I, I scribbled down on a piece of paper uh, and I said, hit single. And this is this is one of the songs on the album as of right now that you, re you released as a single and it has like the most streams. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say, uh, at least for me, I felt that pretty fast also. The yeah. first time I heard uh, Mike sing the hook, like being good is good enough, it yeah. kind of stuck. And you remember, oh, I like that hook and yeah. I like the song, I like the feel. And we all in the band said pretty early that this is yeah. probably a single. I think yeah. this might be at least one of the earlier songs like that we wrote first and We've actually been playing it live for all of 2019, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we decided early. We started writing these songs 2019 early mm -hmm. and decided to pick in a few every tour. 
so we can get a feel for them live. So when we recorded them, we actually know, yeah, this is the way they should be. Yeah. Sometimes you record a song and then after you played it live a couple of times, you find stuff that's just gross out of playing together yeah. with the vibe in a room. And I think it, this song is a good example of um, when we found we were happy in the songwriting process is when we like rehearsed it and noticed like we're having fun now. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah. We just want to yeah. keep playing this song because it's great fun to play it. Yeah, yeah you never and get just... bored of playing it even when you rehearse it like no. 20 times. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's Then cool. I would say we're done. <laughs> like yeah. then the song is yeah. okay, it's it's good now. And also yeah. the tempo it's good kept... enough. Yeah, it's, yeah, good, it's enough. good enough. That's... Ah, see, ah. See? Yeah. The tempo also kept getting faster and faster. And yeah. that's usually yeah. when we're gonna set the tempo to record, we usually take it down a little bit because we probably play it too fast. Yeah. We play it live, but this yeah. one I think uh, we recorded it faster than we uh, did the demos and yeah. stuff. Yeah, and it yeah, we did. Just worked better. And I there... think overall for the whole yeah. album, I think the whole album is. Uh, I mean, if you if you lay it out, I think it's uh, a a quite higher pace uh, overall than compared to the other two albums. I think yeah. it's more of a live feel, like how we actually sound when we yeah. play live. Yeah, uh, I get yeah. that feeling too, actually. So, so it's both <clears> fast <throat> and mature. That's, that's interesting. Fast, fast and mature. Yeah. And we're we slow and immature. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> we're we're going to get old real fast now. Yep. <laughs> but but speaking of that song, because um, that's one was one of the first song I ever heard from from the new album, and and I I noticed that that Mike, your voice has really developed and and grown. And and there there's more depth and range than be, than before. Is that something that you thought about when you worked on 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 Deadlights? Um, both yes and no, I think, because uh, if I listen to records that I've done and even like before this band, and then starting with our debut album as Larry Bennett and and further on, I think that uh, my voice on record has gotten better and better but also in between those records i've played more and more live and i've sang more and more live and i've written um i've written more songs that are um that have been challenging for me i mean yeah. i know uh, the other guys uh, probably remember uh there are several songs that i've written and we've played it for a long time and then in in the rehearsal room and then after a while i'm saying okay i can't sing this this high we have to change the two we have to change the key yeah and they're like okay yeah sure so we change the key and then when we come back the next time i'm like no i changed my mind let's let's uh, have it <laughs> like we did and from the yeah. beginning because I'm so self-conscious with the with the vocals and I'm so afraid that I'm not going to pull it off. But then again, I'm not thinking of the progress that I'm doing all the time. So I think that um, uh, I think that my my voice is getting better and my my vocals are getting better uh, technique wise without me realizing it because I yeah. just love to sing. And I think also this album has more it's so melodic. There are so many melodies that are so distinct that I think that to pull them off and to make them sound good, I had to step it up. Yeah. Uh, I think so. I think that's, 
you have to have some sort of uphill to uh, to get that determination. Yeah. I would get... say it's quite obvious that you have stepped it up. You, I think you recorded all the songs, all the vocals for the songs in like three days. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. That. Cool. You can hear it. It it's it's more together and and it's like you say it's it's uh you you grown there is more depth in it and it's it's sort of i don't know what it is but it's it's good and and i'm thinking that i'm gonna stop talking now and and play play another song here is a deadlights lie a thief bandit <laughs>
right, that was Deadlights, another kick-ass song off Liar Thief Bandit's brand new record of the yes. same name. Of the same name. Now, yeah, I hear a little bit of Old Priest in this as well. As it, you know, I I think it's really cool how the song sort of stop, starts out with this Molly Hatchet vibe. I know I'm bringing out the Molly Hatchet. Uh, but but then it transitions into this little bit of helicopters little couple slices of steppenwolf maybe um and then you, you got that old 70s priest in there i i, I don't know i i think it's a really awesome song thank you thank uh, you once again i never thought of uh, deadlights as a, a priest song did you guys no i think uh, i think we're all at least me but yeah. the thing is i pretty much don't listen to any of these bands except for Tenlisi. But I would say, like, it's an ACDC song because of the intro. I get the yeah. ACDC vibes with the big chords, open yeah, chords. Yeah, you get, like, op open chords in the, in the very yeah. intro. But that's just, yeah. just the intro. Yeah, then me, I don't know. For me, the chorus feels more like punk rock uh, or something. Yeah. A little mm -hmm. bit more. Yeah, that's usually what, what happens with my songs. You get, like, a riff or a very, like, helicopters-ish uh, uh, kiss influence and there's like a lot of 70s retro vibe happening and then when the chorus comes it's like melodic punk rock from the u.s you know it's like, yeah mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. i i think it's because i've listened to a lot of punk rock and um and a lot of pop music and what i love is those hooks i mean there can be like a Katy perry song coming on and i know it's not something i'm gonna listen to forever but it's like i can't put it off because it's like okay, I can really dig this because I <laughs> like the melody. Yeah. Uh, and that happens a lot. Like, I love the melody and um, I'm not saying I'm inspired by those kind of uh, pop songs, but it's like uh, the the way to to create a melody that's, of course, sounds like something else because everything is kind of written, but in the same way, you can do a twist with it and you can tweak it and it can be something new. Yeah. Um, so I think, but I'm, I don't know, priest. Where is the priest, <laughs> Phil? I have to know. Where is the priest? It's, it's this a, is Judas priest, right? Judas priest, yes. Yeah. yes. What, what <laughs> priest is it, sure. first of all? Is it Catholic yeah. priest? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. No, it's, it's in, um, like, w w when I talk about Iron Maiden or, or, or priest, it, it mm. is like the old... 70s you know with uh yeah. maiden it's like the the 78 79 80 version of maiden where it's got yeah. it's got that punk feel and it's just it, it's it's not so much a, a certain part of the song it, it's sort of like this uh like the vibe that kind of runs through it if you will if that makes any sense yeah so. i mean now now that i'm thinking about it i guess that the verses uh, are pretty much like what uh, like what what Judas Priest would do in the early 80s, you know. It's like da, 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 da. and then you go like you have you you have the verse uh, like uh, the the vocals are doing it in a way. Uh, I mean, I'm not singing like nearly as Rob Halford does, but like the way he put out the words uh, over the verse riffs, I guess that could get you a little Judas Priest vibe. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Maybe. There is a 70 feel in, in it. So, so yeah, oh, yeah, it, definitely. Judas Priest or Whitesnake or Lizzie or whatever, yeah. it, it's sort of in there. 
and we're, we're Phil and I are all geezers, so so we hear everything from like <laughs> the, the late late seventies and early eighties. Yeah, everything you, is in you there. Hear, you hear everything that we don't hear, but we go on this and we think that we know it all, but it seems like we don't know shit. We no. know nothing. <laughs> I think it's really interesting to have the, all yeah. those uh, different. Uh, what can you say? Uh, like references? Yeah, references. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on what you hear in the music, because it's always different. We we have got them some pretty strange <laughs> influences <laughs> that we have never heard, and people say, "Oh, I feel you sound like this," and then yeah. another one says exactly the same, and we're like, well, "This is the second time," and we have never thought about it. Yeah. And can... But I think yeah, but I think it could be that uh, if we have listened to one band and that band. Uh, has influenced two different bands. One of those bands we listened to and influenced us. And yeah. the other band we never listened to at all. But no. these guys did. And they yeah. real and they can see the connection back like two generations back. Yeah. While we don't see that because it's a branch, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Like of branched course. out in different ways. Could be. Yeah. But I, 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 there is because uh, I'm thinking about we're doing references to, to uh, a lot of um uh old school uh metal music and 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 yeah. old school 70s uh, and people tend to go with cuz I, I i love you guys cuz you sound like kiss uh, yeah. in 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 my in my opinion uh, and so that's why i think it's thrilling but but you do it so well but there is an obvious helicopters reference because yeah. helicopters copied kiss and and did their thing and and you copied like with influences and, and what you listen to but th then there is other bands that i've interviewed and so and and they're sort of like put off when you say you sound like no we don't but you never say <laughs> yeah. that when, when every time i because I, I read a couple of reviews when mm -hmm. when people are going with, with the helicopter's track yeah. and saying well it sounds like the helicopters and yeah. you never say no it doesn't. You say always say, of course it does, because I remember High Visibility by the yeah. Helicopters is one of my favorite albums. So yeah. of course I'm influenced. Is that something that that bothers you when people go say, well, you sound like the Helicopters, you sound like Kiss or or whatever? Or do you I mean, feel I, it's? I think there are two answers to that because, in one way, um, or it's a two-part answer. Yeah. I mean, in one way, it's it's fun that people actually. Uh, just that people actually listen actively and make up their minds about yeah. what they think that we that we sound like and maybe try to understand our background. Yeah, you know, for anyone to do that, even if they don't like the music. Yeah, uh, it's I I really like that people care in whatever way they care. Yeah, uh, but in at the, at the same time, uh, always getting the same question. It doesn't bother me personally. It's just that uh, I'm afraid that that or I don't know. People tend to put you in some sort of um, like uh, they want to put you in a box. Yeah, yeah. And it's not like we're going out there and like, hi, we're live independent. We're always outside the box. We do all these crazy things. I mean, that's <laughs> not us. But I mean, we we don't at the same time we don't go and like okay we're gonna be like a helicopters band it's just that the main songwriter being me 
helicopters has been such a huge influence on me. It's the reason why I picked up a guitar in the first place. So yeah. of course, helicopters, even if I don't listen to them for five years, it's still going to sound helicopters when I write the rock song. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, I mean, like I said in the beginning, the other two guys are uh, uh, more now than ever uh, very influential in how the song comes about. If it if it goes in a direction that they don't feel is the Liar Thief Bandit way, and that's like the way it is now, then they uh, they ask me to change some stuff or we try different stuff together when we rehearse. And uh, I never uh, close a song. I never decide how a song ends or what happens after the second chorus or after a solo or whatever. I always uh, leave that up to all of us. Um, and I think that also makes it not only uh, sound like my influences, but I think people take the easy route. I think it's yeah. like, oh, this this riff reminded me of helicopters. This is a helicopters band. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, all the reviews where people are saying uh, that we are diverse or that we try different things or that we're not really like all those other action rock bands. I think that they are right. I think that they have actually listened to the album more than once. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I think that's it. But I don't know. I don't know if it bothers you guys. I don't really. I'm just happy that people care. <laughs> I think that if you're offended by being compared to, first of all, yeah, it's a great yeah. band. All the three of us really think the Helicopters is a great yeah. band. So it's more than, more flattering. Mm -hmm. And they like, we don't get oh, you're just a copy of the helicopters. You just try to steal their songs and do exactly the same. It's more like, yeah, it's it's a very big influence. It's obvious. Yeah. And you can also go to yourself. What's the first thing you do when you hear a new band? You try to compare it to something more familiar. Yeah, mm -hmm. That's how you try to do. Yeah. Like So that's what everybody does. So it's, it's natural. Yeah. It's really weird to be offended by somebody doing what everybody yeah. does. <laughs> so. And and they actually like Mike said they actually took the time to sit down like yeah, yeah. Mm. like like you guys yeah the two Hit, of hitting us. us with Maiden yeah. and <laughs> Molly Hatchet yeah. Molly Hatchet there you go amazing I had to I, I tried to listen to that band I, not so much my thing yeah no yeah, um, yeah there, a couple songs maybe but mm. yeah, generally Sh speaking no yeah no should we like play some better music right now what do you think yeah. I think yeah, so. Let's yeah. go. I think with so. Forever the Optimist with Liar Thief Bandit here on Sons and Vinyl. Let's go. <laughs>
All right. Now, <laughs> that that's an awesome song. The intro is so cool. It starts out just so intimate, just the guitar vocals, and then it almost becomes this like fuck you kind of thing, right? Yeah. And then finally acceptance and moving on and it's just this like three minute journey that you take us on in the song i just it's it's one of my favorites on the song or on the yeah. album yeah I, I i was shaking my head because i i really love this song i i mean songs like this you have to have on on an album where it's when it's kicking your ass like like dead lies is because i mean it, it's all it's like it's a journey, like like Phil said. It it, it takes you on a journey with the, the vocals and the instruments and and whatnot. And and to be able to do this, I mean, it lets you breathe for a bit, if you know what I mean, before you go full throttle yeah. again into yeah. the next song. So it, it's uh, I mean, damn, forever the optimist. <laughs> Thanks. That's really nice to hear, cause it's funny thing when. Because Mike comes with all the songs as like at least has a figure of how it should be, and often you have a vision yeah. of how this should yeah. sound. And I remember when you introduced this yeah. song, and because it always starts in the rehearsal room with Mike playing guitar and and singing it, and just so we can hear about like what it's about, yeah. so you can fig and, and, figure out the rhythm. yeah. And we the first thing we said was like, oh, the intro is gonna be just guitar and vocals. Yeah. Try to play it almost like you have an acoustic guitar, yeah. but with electric sound. But that vibe, because we felt like this is the way of the song. I don't think that was at all Mike's vision no. to start with for this song. I thought that it was going to be much, much earlier. I mean, I thought that it was going to be just the guitar by itself. And then uh, after like uh, four or eight bars or whatever, uh, the whole band was going to come in. And yeah. then uh, like like the second verse and chorus sounds like that's how i pictured it uh the like right after the intro yeah but and as as nicholas said you're absolutely right every time like the the first uh verse and chorus of um forever the optimist that's exactly how every song sounds when i show it to the guys yeah and i was like yeah so the drums come in and both of them were like shaking their heads no 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 i'm like okay so so you mean after half of the verse no so the drums and bass come in at the chorus no after the chorus we won't have time to drink beer no but the thing is i have to credit the guys because this is this is a perfect example of what we talked about before that they don't not only do they uh, help me or we help each other like arrange the song in a way that we all uh, are very comfortable with. It's also like putting it upside down almost and like uh, playing with my visions and getting, making them better. Because yeah. if I wanted to do everything my way, I could have a solo project and just find people that could, uh, that just did what I, what I said and, what I thought would be best, but that wouldn't yeah. be that good because I'm not a drummer, uh, and I don't think in the same way as as Nicholas and William do. do. I mean, uh, so I really understood that pretty early on. That try to like swallow my pride in some ways. I'm still working on it, but <laughs> I mean, you uh, usually uh, and especially for this album. Uh, yeah, that really went for the best. So yeah, yeah, it's one. Uh, it's definitely a favorite for me as well. 
this yeah book. there there is a togetherness when when i hear all the the instruments together i mean putting your vocals aside and just listen to the music it it really it hits me what a great way you i mean you've been able to to do this like the three of you and it's together and it's all in there and it's 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 fucking touching. I can't. Oh, fuck. <laughs> it gets it's, them right in the feels. Yeah, it, it <laughs> is. It, it, yeah, man. Oh man, it, there's something with that song. I don't know what it. I have to mm -hmm. listen to it at least ten times more. Yeah, I think their yeah. arrangement uh, takes the lyrics to another level as yeah, well. You yeah. listen to the lyrics more. Yeah. And for me, from the beginning, it was like uh, I called it the graveyard song because I thought that the riff <laughs> in the verse. And the intro was kind of like, yeah, this is kind of like the Swedish band Graveyard. Like it's uh, um, it's like uh, chord progression, ryth rhythmic with a little like uh, doodles here and there in between. And uh, with a good like drum, uh, uh, drums and bass, this could be quite interesting. And then it became something completely different. Yeah, It became like uh, a singer-songwriter song for half a song and then... Uh, when the other two chime in, it's like, oh, we're still on the Deadlights album. Good. <laughs> nice. And then, yeah. And so funny yeah. thing about the intro also, you said it was so intimate and naked yeah. and only the guitar and the vocals. And I don't know, we tried four think... or five different setups. We had like 16 uh, tracks of guitar yeah, in the beginning. Oh, yeah. And we just had to choose the sound. And I don't, I don't know, we, I think we ended up with the normal i think yeah so. just normal basic yeah. Yeah. basic because we tried sound. so many different guitar sounds to have a special guitar yeah. sound for the intro yeah. Yeah. And, then, and also as you said uh, mike um we actually had a discussion before we recorded it was like oh will this song fit in with the album yeah. or not but we felt like we really i think the album we, we thought it really needed this yeah. breathing pause yeah, exactly and to because it's a quite high octane album overall yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and then after we recorded it there was also a discussion like oh did, does it fit in at all yeah. or is it too weird yeah. but, but it's sort of like it, it's a it's a daring thing to do uh, but still very very um important to have one of these so like you said you need some song so you can t take a breath and and then you go into the next one and it's i know there's a lot of bands that would actually yeah, be better if they had a song like this in the middle. So it's it's not like ten songs, and then and then you feel like exhausted, and then you remember like three of them. Uh, <laughs> and this goes way beyond there. And and when you live or listen to the Forever the Optimist, you you go, oh man, I'm ready for the next one. Mm -hmm. I'm ready. I'd like to think of it as a naked yeah, song it compared to the yeah, others. Yeah. It is. Which also sets like it's much more um, demanding to actually really listen yeah. to the other guys and play, especially like I really listen to Williams drumming yeah. on all songs. That's like this is more like a really naked, bare essence of how I play together with yeah. him. Because yeah. it's, it's more like I always just feel him and try to play together with him after him. So, and this is very obvious, I guess. I think you develop something really tight. It's a tight backbone you got right now. Is that something that that you you talked about when going in and doing this record, or is that something that norm? Did it come natural to you? 
I think it's a natural uh, from me not knowing the song. Yeah. So I try just like, I listen for a small while and then, then it comes and this is, and then I get the timing with him. He always on his I really toes. have to. Always yeah. on his toes. Yeah, I'm, that's, yeah, he keeps me on his toes. Yeah. But I also would say like, William really makes me play better. Yeah. Because yeah. I really like, it's something that just happened after maybe 30, 40 shows yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah, I think so. You started realizing that you're not listening, but you're actually feeling the yeah. drums yeah and you make your bass follow yeah. that you start knowing each other yeah. and the way you play together yeah and, and i think also can fill in your gaps yeah. exactly kind of. and i think also uh because we're so affected by us playing live that much um i think that i'm i'm glued to the microphone like almost all of the time and when mm. i'm not i usually go in front of the crowd and do my guitar solos or or whatever mm. and during all these shows we've done together uh william sits behind the drum kit he can't do much about that uh and nicholas is kind of free he he can move around and he can be up with me or uh, across the stage from me he can be with the crowd but what nicholas also does and he did early on uh, started doing early on is that he connects with william they yeah. have a connection where they they look at each other they play and i think if if other uh, musicians in bands listen to this, they think, yeah, well, that's what a band do. And if they think that, congratulations, then you've understood what it's about. But I think a lot of bands don't look at each other and I can't really look at them that much, but they look at each other and they, they feel the chemistry live. And yeah. I think everything that they said prior to this, I'm saying now is probably because of that, that they actually uh, not only play together, but, uh, they're like they have that chemistry where they they're very aware of every movement they do together and i think yeah. when we went into uh the studio and did the basic tracks live uh in live takes i think that's what we managed to capture together yeah as we sound on this record is i would say this is how we sound live yeah because it is how we sound live we played it live yeah exactly and i would say the only thing different is we don't use a click track live. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I guess yeah. <laughs> we so didn't it could do on all the fluctuate a little yeah, bit more. And we tend to, I yeah. mean, the, the adrenaline always makes us uh, go slightly faster live uh, yeah. than on the record. Yeah. But like William said before, I mean, and like I touched on as well, this record is slightly higher pace. So we're closer to the live pace uh, on this album. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. we compensate. We, we compensated, absolutely. And, but do you get you and guys I, have a great vibe when when uh, ever I go see you live? So I, I know Mike that you said you're not able to look at the at at Nicholas and, and William when when you play, but you got a vibe between the three of you and just watching you standing there on the floor and and just watching you, which I think it transcends to to the music itself when when. When I'm watching you, you live, there is something there. You got something going on, and and it's pretty excited. So people out there, if you haven't seen Lion Thief Bandit live, go fucking see them as soon as you get the chance, man. It's a, it will <laughs> knock your ass off. Okay, should we Thank go you. in and do another um, song, Phil? Yeah, what do you think? I, we definitely have to. Are we up for this? Yeah. Well, before I I would like to say forever the optimist. Then we're going into another favorite of mine, Liar Thief Bandit on Sons and Vinyl. Let's go. Take 
see yeah you see uh-huh yeah i see it kicked my ass it kicked my ass so much i had to listen to it like three times today but still still just get ready that's one of the songs kicks my ass <laughs> good thing it's a short one yeah, it yeah. is yeah. yeah there there is a um There is so much punk attitude in this song. Yeah. I, I just love it. I just love it. I mean, I listen to it in my headphones and it's I'm getting a feeling of getting run over, if you know what I mean. Yeah. It it's fast, it's in your face. It's oh man, I just love this song. Me too. <laughs> for me for me this was like the song that I don't think we changed anything. This was just like this is the way Mike did yeah, it. Because yeah. I just felt directly because like, I really love playing fast and like high energy songs. Yeah. I think the only thing, at least for me, that evolved was just like, yeah, I found some leading bass notes in the chorus yeah. to just like make it feel like it's leaning into the next tone yeah. that's coming. Yeah, this is more or less the basic idea yeah. from the beginning. Yeah, that is. just uh, this is how the song goes. And yeah. I guess. If you don't say that this sounds like helicopters, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, because the chorus is yeah, like, of course, yeah. and also um, the way that that it's um, the way that it's built up. I mean, it's very. Um, this is one of the few songs we have that is reminiscent of the early helicopters, like the late '90s stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it's like it's supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be that. Uh, I wanted to capture that energy, um, and of course, if people are more into 
older bands uh, like I don't know like 77 punk bands uh, more than the helicopters then I guess that would be their references yeah of course they would say like yeah I feel little sex pistols in this or or whatever it could be uh because that's what the early helicopters was about it was like uh like mc5 and sex pistols so yeah um and we just I don't know I wanted it to be fast and hard but also melodic and i think that um that we kind of pull that off and we played that one live a lot as well yeah and um uh, prior to to um recording the album and i think that also made the song on tape so efficient and as good as it could be yeah but i would say this was a song that was hardest to get the good take on that you felt like, yeah, this is like we used to play it. Yeah. Because this is a song that normally, especially for me, is like you get a real kick of um, of energy yeah. and um, adrenaline yeah. during a live set when this kicks in because so with sp- a fast intro. Exactly. And it's so spontaneous as well. We usually yeah. just uh, throw ourselves into it after after a song yeah well like a song like good enough or something for instance and yeah. people are like oh yeah I really dig that and then we just jump into this one and we feel the adrenaline gear. Pumping, like <laughs> nicholas said and you know we're just like uh getting in there while standing in the studio together with like middle of the day <laughs> with like plants and, and a, no a nice carpet yeah. and this whole there's no 60s there. vibe <laughs> that tambourine studios yeah. have like yeah. it makes you feel really comfortable exactly and this is a song that you shouldn't be comfortable while no, playing you should, should be, be like sweaty. on your toes yeah, and sweaty and throwing yourself yeah, around exactly. yeah. uh, longing for that bear in between songs uh, but i think that uh, after a while we really um, found it i think that we had to visualize ourselves that uh steamy cellar in the german suburbs or something <laughs> and then, then then we got it quite right yeah i'd also say that this is the kind of song that was the hardest to put well, find where to put it on the album yeah because yeah. forever the optimist has this really natural it was really never a discussion yeah. that's like this is where you need this kind of break yeah, yeah. but set the truth is more like this should probably be after the yeah. record yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> just strange. like an like an extra, yeah. but I, but yeah. I, coming in because exactly. but I think that it was easier when we when we had written uh, the last track of the album, hindsight. I think that it was easier to put that uh, the last because it's yeah. so uh, so high energy, and then we could put set the truth somewhere where it would break off from that uh, that typical melodic um, heavily heavily melodic mm-hmm. song that we had before it and i also think that being i mean the set lists live i think we usually did um if i'm not mistaken we've done like uh good enough catch and release set the truth like that we've had uh because catch and release is such a rolling stones vibey song it's like a little like you like a hand clap song uh more groove yeah groovy song and then after it uh the least Thing you need is a break you need a punch in the face and that's yeah. where set the truth kicks in yeah. so i think that's kind of the way that it uh in the end fit in yeah i think we tried to go also for like what do we need now yeah to have the most fun <laughs> yeah like that's a good way to go when you yeah it's gonna feel yeah that's like i think that's show, basically at, at least for me because that's my only why i do this is just like i want to have as fun as possible yeah. if it's not fun hmm 
that's also back to while like looking at the other two guys while playing is probably from the start for me just like I want to get the um, confirmation like oh did you also feel that yeah. oh did you actually see that we did this together exactly. that was fun <laughs> and they start like that and then you start like the next time you look at together again because like may maybe we'll do it again this day yeah, yeah we did it and then the day after ah we got this now yeah. and it's just part of like yeah this is a more fun experience for me and then and i know bands as long as it's like an energetic band if they have fun they will play make a good yeah. show yeah yeah, yeah. And, and the audience will have fun and if we yeah. catch that, yeah if, if we manage to capture that onto a record that i really feel that we've done with deadlights i think that it's gonna be a fun listen as well so we yeah. had fun doing it we yeah. had fun getting it out there and people are listening and having fun hopefully and i mean what's not to be proud of you know yeah i know it's more fun to see or listen to people having fun yeah. exactly. hopefully. hopefully yeah hopefully moving on you you talk about hindsight before mike and i'm thinking that Phil, what do you say? Should we like roll into this one? We 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 gotta play it. It's it's my favorite on the record. So it is. We we gotta play it. Yep. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Hindsight.
All right, that was Hindsight by Liar Thief Bandit uh, off their brand new record called Deadlights. That is my favorite song on the record, and I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to bring up Maiden. Do it. I, it, I, I, it's got a Maiden one? feel wow. in there, especially at the two-minute mark. I hear a lot of Maiden right there. It's, it's just it's awesome. I love it. I, I actually hear it, too. I actually hear it too. There, I agree. There's a bit of Maiden in there. It's a, it's a feel of the new wave of British heavy metal. Mm-hmm. In but yeah, it's definitely. such a, but it's such a raw punk rock song. Yeah, I just feel punk yeah. because of I don't know I don't know my music theory, no. but I think it's a minor scale the yeah. riff. Go listen to yeah. the first and first Maiden albums. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Mm. I'm so stuck. Yeah, that's a homework for me yeah. at least. <laughs> You'll it. enjoy it. Actually, my my. Yeah. Yeah, my first reference for this song was Beastie Boys. <laughs> <laughs> although it's a although it's a sample they use on Two to Five Burrows, oh, yeah. it's just like right. <laughs> a melody line that I've just like, oh, this is kind of mm-hmm. making me think of this. Okay. Maybe not yeah. sounds like it, but it makes me think of that. Yeah. It's kind of crazy because uh, neither me nor Nicholas has uh, uh, taken a certain reference in this song, and uh, a friend of ours from Germany uh, told it to me. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, listen to this song. It's like something in the chord progression and it's something with the verse. And it was wasted mm. again by Turbo Negro. And when you hear it, you hear it. You have to listen to that later, Nicholas. It's oh. like, we've listened to this band. Uh, I, did, I wasn't aware of this. I, I haven't never thought of that. Me, me neither. I mean, I've, I've listened to Turbo Negro a lot and I've probably... Yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. But I mean... It's like I'd never thought that this song was reminiscent of them, except for maybe that it's like very punk rocky, you know. Yeah. Uh, but Maiden, yeah, yeah, I've, yeah, I've, I guess the first two albums, I guess I have to listen. Great record, yeah, because it was yeah. a long time yeah. ago. I did. I'm, yeah. I always, I'm always stuck with Peace of Mind and Power. Yeah, Slave. yeah, and, uh, and Paul should go back. Yeah, Paul, Paul Diana was was like a punk singer from yeah, from. Yeah. So, and he actually got fired from Maiden because he was like too much punk rock. Yeah. So, and that's when, when they brought in Bruce. But I, I really dig those. I, I, I went back meeting Phil and, and tried to, to give those albums a, a good listen. And those mm-hmm. are favorites today. I love the songs because they're in, in the live set today with, with oh, Bruce yeah. Dickinson. But yeah. listen to Paul Diano. He, he's, there is a punk mm-hmm. attitude. Oh yeah, on absolutely. those two albums. So, so that's it. Cool. All right. Hindsight, but it's fun to hear that you like this as your favorite feel. <laughs> that's a song that I feel like I like to be different. <laughs> naturally, like the favorite song of anybody yeah. on the album. I, 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 like I think it's really good. No, yeah, I, I really think it's really good. But uh, like, I'm really proud of and happy we have yeah. it there and the way we do it. But yeah. it still feel like oh. Like it, it wouldn't be a single, but that's what what I really found out with this album is that everyone has different uh, favorites. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's always all the reactions we've got has been really. Yeah. All the songs yeah. have pretty much been picked up as yeah, this is the favorite yeah. song. Yeah. But that's kind of cool because everybody is listening in in like you said, Nicholas. Before you got different references when growing mm-hmm. up and listening to a lot of different mm-hmm. music. So so it it's more natural that that. We come up with Maiden and Priest and and yes and yeah. so forth. So, so. Uh, but uh, talking about um, the music and and the lyrics in, in particular, Mike. Uh, yeah. You, 
it seems like you you put a lot of effort into the lyrics this time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you did you say to yourself, I I need to get better at this, or did it, did it like grow into to what it became? Because I'm I'm tending to go. I listen to a lot of of, of lyrics when when listen to to music and 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 the the lyrics on this album. It's it's oh man, you got oh, something you. going on. Um, the thing is, I haven't gotten better at it, actually. I've always been very, very good on, on putting words on paper. Uh, yeah. And the thing here is that I um, I think that the reason why these lyrics are different, and in my opinion as well, better, and I feel them more, it's because they're more honest and they are more... Um, I'm very affected by things that are happening in my life. Yeah. Uh, and so when we wrote the two other records, the first and second one, there was like a, there was like, a, I don't know. I didn't have that inspiration to uh, go within myself and be as naked, you know, forever. The optimist is a good example. Hindsight is also a good example yeah. uh, of like, uh, I'm not going to say tearing my heart out, but it's like uh, actually uh, telling between the lines exactly what I feel and how I feel about things. Um, and it's very uh, like, it's very influenced by how, how uh, things have gone in my life recently or like the last two years where a lot happened. And I think that that was the engine to put, my kind of uh craft to uh put things into words uh it really helped me to uh put these experiences uh in a way that really fit the songs and yeah. i don't think i really uh, managed that at that level for the first two albums no i i think i, I actually wrote it down it, it the, the lyrics fits the music on this album mm. like never before so uh, it's, I think it's right on the money when you say it fits and, and you're pouring your heart out there. Um, uh, listen to, to uh, um, I mean, the last one, Hindsight, uh, yeah. it's, it's sort of like you, you go in like you did, did with, with uh, Forever the Optimist. Yeah. What's, what's that hard for you to go in in those waters and doing like more hurtful, naked songs like that? Not really, because I think the best work uh, lyrics-wise for me has been when I haven't uh, felt that good about myself or when I've had uh, hardships or problems. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, when I finished these songs, I was in a better place, but the lyrics were uh, inspired by a difficult time that happened recently for me. Yeah. So I think that uh, that nakedness, it has always been there. I've, I've, I've written this ki these kind of songs since I was like 17 uh, or even 15. But the thing is, I have to feel like crap for a minute to actually <laughs> make them uh, yeah. and make them as good. I can write happy songs as well. And I, and I mean, what Deadlights become, became, I mean, the whole album, it became uh, bringing up a lot of difficulties in life, but also with the message uh, of um, like bringing 
bringing you up from it, like almost hitting rock bottom and finding a way to uh, get up again. Yeah. And so because of that, I could really dig deep in some of the songs just to like make that point. I think. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Well put. That's so beautiful. I just love it. I just Thanks. love it. Okay, PayPal. A Liar Thief Bandit is on Sounds on Vinyl, the B-sides. Phil, any last words before we go? Go listen to this record. Go buy yes. this record. Support these guys because these guys are awesome. And this yeah. record, this, and we, we only played a few songs from the record. The entire record is as good as these songs. So yeah. go, go yeah. get the whole thing. It, it's, yeah. it's awesome. Oh, 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 I know, I know. Go get, it's, it's on vinyl both red vinyl and and blue vinyl mm -hmm. oh i'm gonna wow. i'm gonna get them both because i'm a nerd right there <laughs> you see you see so uh now uh, hook hook them up on on social media go buy their merch go buy their music support liath bandit and all the other bands that we got here on on sansom vinyl uh hook us up on instagram and on facebook and we got a playlist, the Sounds on Vinyl playlist, where we tend to add all the songs that are in our show, the main mm -hmm. show and the B-side show. So mm -hmm. all these five beautiful tracks is going to go up on the Sounds on Vinyl playlist. So check that out. It's on Spotify. Thank you so much, William, Nicholas, and Mike, for being on our show. We... Uh, Thoroughly enjoyed you. We thoroughly enjoyed Deadlights. Mm -hmm. I hope you get to play all the big shows in the future when all this crap gets done with. Thank you thanks, so much, guys. guys. Yeah, thanks. thanks for coming on, guys. Yeah. Thanks okay. for having us. Of course. All right. Don't forget Lion Thief Bandit, the new album, Deadlights. It's out there. Go buy it. Pick it up. Buy some merch. Buy a T-shirt or whatever. All right. Until next time, later. Later. This has been the Sounds on Vinyl B-Side Show, hosted by Mike Svensson and Phil Boyer. Sounds on Vinyl B-Sides is produced by Booze Hound Entertainment. Intro and outro music by Grand Reserva. Thank you for listening and for your motherfucking support.